Um, should I pretend like it's been a week since I've seen? Uh, <laughs> been one week since the last episode of uh, Movie Man. Them has it? <laughs> Bam! It's been so. What have you been up to this week, Bam? Have you oh. got into any car accidents on the way to movies? You know, much like the M Night Shyamalan movie Old, I feel like <laughs> time has progressed very strangely since our last episode. Yeah, so straight into it, huh? Yeah, man. All right, so hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movie Man Dem. This is the podcast with the man Dem that love to talk about the movies. That's right. I am one of your hosts, Damien, with my co-host. Hi, it's me, Bam. Hello, Bam. How you doing, Bam? Pretty good, man. We are going to be talking about uh, a particular director today. He's um, he's a prolific director. Sure is. Um, and that's when I say prolific like that, I kind of mean. All over He's the place, yeah. quality-wise, uh, but lots sure, of very sure. cool ideas in his movies. Sure. Uh, we're going to be talking about M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, um, a, a very famous director, one could say. I would say... Uh, For good reasons and bad reasons. He's one of those directors that kind of came into prominence. Um, I mean, well, it came into prominence in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's when I was born. Yeah. yeah in, 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 in good old 90s. Um, and he's a director that when I was growing up, it felt like, oh, okay, cool. This is like my director, mm-hmm. you know, Spielberg, Scorsese, mm-hmm. like they were all, they're, they're holdovers from the past. 70s, 80s. Yeah. yeah. Still turning out good stuff. Right. But you know, this but is. So, so, somebody who grew up as a kid in the 70s probably feels way different about Scorsese than necessarily I. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but. but Sh- Shaman was for good or bad or guy. Yeah. And he's, he's more close to home that way. Yeah. Um, it was also it's also uh, a, an an Indian director, mm-hmm. uh, and he was you know dealing with very cool ideas in his movies. Like these were movies that weren't they weren't adaptations of anything. They were these original ideas, and it yeah. felt like oh, I I am intrigued every time I put one right. of his movies on. He is in the definition of the word an auteur. Yeah. So how you want to do this? You want to start with the 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 good old days the the way the, the good old days let yeah let's do this like a a, a Goodfellas movie we're sure. gonna we're gonna talk about you know the heyday back right. in the day when well if, no if it's Goodfellas we should start off in the middle then we should jump back to the back <laughs> then we should <laughs> progress well I'm not starting with the last Airbender and that's <laughs> that's smack dab in the middle that is not where you wanna start we uh, my start... thoughts on last Airbender uh, never seen it let's move on Good for you. I envy you, sir. You should watch it, though. It's, it's, it's good. It's one of his best. Um, right. So M. Night is... Uh, his dad is kind of a successful Indian businessman. Mm-hmm. And he moved out from his India from his very, very little to Philadelphia. Yeah. And his dad is out of very successful business. And he just, as a kid, always wanted to make films. Like, he had a film camera. He made all these little, little short films with all his cousins and stuff. He was yeah. always doing stuff. And he was always, like, he was a very good writer. He was always doing his own stuff, coming up with his own stories. He made <laughs> he made a movie that is essentially one of those straight to VHS Disney looking movies, like light dramas from the nineties. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to do with what it was, but apparently he did write it, and that was like his his credit, and that was yeah. kind of his foot in the door. Right, right. And from that, he also wrote a, movie, a little movie called Can't Hardly Wait, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a nice movie. 
And so he started getting like all these like pay jobs, yeah. which really got him his foot in the door. And from that, he, he, he did the work and he essentially basically pitched a little movie called The Sixth Sense mm-hmm. to a subsidiary of the Disney company. Right. Mind you. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but pretty good, pretty successful film. I mean... That Sixth Sense. I, just for clarification, yeah. the top three grossing movies of 99. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, Episode One. Okay, Phantom Menace, makes sense. The Matrix. Sure. Breakout sci-fi action movie. Makes yep, sense. Right. People love that. The film of the decade, mm-hmm. I would argue. Yep. And a little movie called The Six, Six Sense. Yeah. So the top three grossing movies of 1999. That's, that's, a, that's a hell of a debut. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think start with The Sixth Sense because I think that's when he uh, gained his notoriety yeah. as a director. Um, so, I mean, you've got uh, Bruce Willis right. acting against a child. Uh, and and a child is cl- mopping the floor with him. Yeah, very <laughs> very chilling performances. Um, and Joel Osment of the park, incredible. My first awareness of this movie was I saw it on cable mm-hmm. once. It's a great, great way to watch it. Yeah, and I stumbled upon that scene where I, I, I never watched it in theaters. I was too afraid, but I, I did watch it on the VHS. Yeah. Well, I stumbled upon the the scene where uh, they're stand they're in, they're at uh, Haley Joel Osment's school. Because the story of the movie is, you know, he's there's this kid who he he sees ghosts, mm-hmm. he sees dead people, he's which dead is people, that's the line. Yeah. Um, and the the scene is them in the the school. You know, Bruce Willis is talking to him, and like you, he he looks petrified, mm-hmm. and you see there's three um, people who have been hanged, mm-hmm. who are just mm-hmm. you know hanging mm-hmm. there. And um, I was, I think, probably maybe seven. Yeah. So uh, yeah, freak out. I'm sure. I I did not um sure. did not have a good time with that. Yeah, I, um, I, I saw it when I was like ten years old. Yeah. And it was the first because I've seen horror movies in the past. Yeah, yeah. And like they they always kind of like either spooked me out or like scared me. But this one's the first one. I was just like, this is scaring me in a different way that I cannot even yeah put to words. And and so the the um, I'm looking at the poster here and it's um you know you've got five senses. Uh, sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch, and the sixth mm-hmm. sense being the sense for the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a very frightening movie, but um, the thing that it, it and it's it's also taking that idea and putting it into the perspective of a child. He's yeah. not he's not like a detective right. where he's tracking down. You know, he's a kid yeah. who is very much playing it as a child. Yeah. And he's dealing with but having child to s- who happens to be deeply haunted, right? Seeing these traumatic things, um, but like almost with this understanding of of you know what he's seeing. Like he he in the movie, it's not like it's the first time where he's seen it. Yeah, where he's, he's, he's been going through. It. He's been going through it to the point where he um, he gets freaked out, but he's just like, oh, this is just what happens to me. Yeah, this I is- just kind of have to deal with this. Right. Um, and Bruce Willis like, well no one believes me and everyone at school thinks I'm a weirdo and yeah. even my mom is kind of at wit's end with me yeah. but still I'm, and, and he's, he's playing all like, this little six year old <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was what your age um, <laughs> he, he's, he's playing it as maturely as any actor could yeah and, but Bruce Willis in the entire movie just looks perplexed <laughs> like he, he's pl- okay so a funny thing about this uh, there are some weird um, Hollywood shit with this because mm-hmm. Bruce Willis was trying to get out of an old contract. Yeah. And he was literally forced to do this movie by Disney. They're just really? like, yeah. 
this is a movie that they they forced him to do because mm-hmm. they're like, no, no, you're still on the contract. You right. have to do this movie. So he begrudgingly made the most success, like the most successful movie yeah. of his career. Yeah, and but it it's also um, it is before I watch the movie, um, the the cliffhanger or not the cliffhanger, the the twist, and and, and I'm this, sure that word will come up a lot. In well, the yes, because M Night. He's, he he loves to do the twist. Yep. Um, He's a big dancer. That yeah. He um. So Bruce Willis in the movie. If you I'm look. All right. Listen. If you haven't seen M Night Shyamalan's movies, we can't talk about M Night Shyamalan without talking about his affinity for twisting. Yeah. Some endings are gonna get ruined in this. Right. Um. At, but also, this movie is more than twenty years old. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Guys, buckle up. You're not gonna believe this. This shocking. Yeah. So. Uh, but. Bruce Willis, yeah, dead the whole time. Whoa! Um, which, uh, kind of confusing that it was a twist because he does get shot like early on in the movie. Yeah, but you kind of think that's like, he gets shot and it cuts away and you're yeah. like, huh, I guess he survived. And you that? see him after this. I you're guess, like, okay, well, he must gonna have. bring back that afterwards. Yeah. But it's one of those twists where like, listen, I was there in the rush of euphoria and amazement i, I was there i was boots right. on the ground when right, right. came out and right, i was right. like oh my god you have to see this movie this yeah is, like this it, it was literally like i'm not saying mania but it was like every literally everyone was talking about this movie mm-hmm. it was one of the most popular talked about movies bar none of yeah. that year in 1999 probably the biggest movie year of all time right L- look look up everybody please google movies that came out in 1999 top of my head on your on your own six cents matrix fight club toys Story two. two? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big year. Huge, really big year for huge, movies. Huge year. Um, um yeah, so it was like almost total movies and it was one of those movies where it's just like it it was almost through word of mouth. Yeah. Because everyone is just like, you have to watch it because of the twist. Yeah. And and, and they're like it, almost everybody made that pact. Like, no 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 no. The movie is great. Yeah. But you are never gonna fucking see yep. the ending coming, right? And uh, it 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 doesn't it it it's almost strangely it doesn't work twice even though you'll enjoy the movie because it's an enjoyable movie mm-hmm. but like when you see it twice you're like oh there are five scenes where they're very clearly articulating that but, he's but wandering that, with nothing interacting with him that is a but beauty it just, does, it just doesn't come no up no no because you it, it feels like such a foreign idea to apply in those earlier scenes exactly um. But like that's the beauty of a great twist is right. when when you can look back and be like, oh well, obviously. Right. Like um, there's a scene in in Shutter Island, um, mm-hmm. which if you if you haven't seen it, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. He's a detective trying to track down what happened to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like a Christopher Nolan character. Well, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> um, it's him and Mark Ruffalo and their detectives mm-hmm. um, for most of the movie. But then it's revealed that this whole thing, his his whole actually no, I think him in the movie, he's he's a detective, you know, working a case and he's got some, you know, backstory with his wife. Um, but the whole uh uh detective story is just this kind of uh ruse where the whole hospital is putting this on for, for the purposes of this patient's development. Like the, he needs to play out this fantasy mm-hmm. to come to terms with reality. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where you see Leonardo DiCaprio's character. He's getting upset and he's banging on the table. And Mark Ruffalo is right there and he's looking off to an orderly and he's like doing a little, um, you know, come hither motion to them because he's a psychiatrist and this is a patient mm-hmm. who is getting rowdy. Yeah. Now in the scene, you're just they thinking... Have to, they have to put him to the theatrical process. Right. right. 
So in the scene, you're thinking, oh, well, this is just a, a, a hard-boiled detective who is going off the rails, right. but it's actually, um, you should, you, if you had been paying attention, you'd have seen Mark Ruffalo doing that thing and be like, oh, what's going on here? Maybe there's something else that I'm not seeing. Mm -hmm. But you don't get that in the scene. You figure yeah. that out watching it in retrospect, and mm -hmm. I think Sixth Sense is really great at that. Um, the thing with Sixth Sense is the, the, the ghost stuff, for lack of a better word, is mm -hmm. so fascinating and interesting. Yeah. That and creepy, yeah. That the Bruce Willis stuff, even though you're there with him, you're just like, I guess this movie is creepy because, mm -hmm. like, because, like, on second watch, you're like, Oh, of course, his wife doesn't acknowledge him, of course, you never, you, you never see him speak to anyone other than, yeah, Haley Joel Osmond, even though he's been, you know, and it's even though he's a child therapist, yeah, but you never see him actually interact with adults. But it just it just doesn't come up because everything is just so because he is the the kid is the main character mm -hmm. and he's kind of the side character. But it's clearly it's ballsy for them to have well for them I mean for Mr. Shyamalan to have so many scenes of that character isolated from Haley Joel Osment. Right. Um, and you know because you're playing with fire there you're yes, you are literally. you are basically like holding up the target for people to to, to see like oh yeah i'm see? i'm looking at you, you see where i did it yeah did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and he's and that's basically like, <laughs> they're not going to get this right right so, um, so he, he does that and like again it's so the the, the ghost stuff and the rest of the movie is so panshittingly terrifying yeah you it works that the weird stuff happening to bruce willis you're just like i guess that's just it just plays like I guess this is the fabric of the reality yeah because the, the a plot is this kid has this kid is seen ghosts Bruce Willis is a child therapist trying yeah. to help him stop seeing ghosts. The B plot mm -hmm. is he's clearly going through something terrible with his marriage with his wife. Right. And they're not addressing. And you're just kind of seeing his love life crumple. Yeah. And he just kind of pushes himself more into helping out this child. Yeah. And and that is the A and B plot. <laughs> no, mind you, it is so engrossing. You do not notice mm -hmm. That it is literally a two, that Haley Joel Osment is talking to both the ghosts yep. and the adults and the alive people and Bruce Willis. Yeah, it's playing so well. You don't even notice that Bruce Willis happens to only be talking to the to, to the, the kid, kid yeah. while he's explaining ghost rules mm -hmm. that they don't know they're dead. Right? They can, he's explaining yeah, yeah, yeah. all this yeah. to yeah. him. Yeah, and and you're so interested in the creepy the, mythology, the rules of how this works. works. Yeah, it completely just goes around you. That Bruce Willis happens to be going yeah. through the same thing. It, it it's is incredible director. Right, and it, but you're it, he basically him taunting the entire time like exactly. You, yeah. you, I'm laying it all out for you. a carrot, breadcrumbs, <laughs> right in front of you. <laughs> yeah, and the horse is just like, "Do you smell a carrot?" <laughs> <laughs> there might be something here. Um, right after that, though, uh, it seems Bruce Willis had a good time and probably enjoyed the returns of that movie because sure. he comes back in unbreakable. Un <laughs> Uh, Unbreakable with uh, which is um, the f gritty realistic superhero movie, movie. Yep. Um, before that was Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah before it was you know we should try and do that which um, th this is 2000 this is the year X-Men comes out this yeah. is right before yeah. Spider-Man I think yep. when was Blade Blade was 99 yeah another 99 movie oh uh, yeah 1999 yeah yeah, um, yeah so you know, comic book movies at this point, you people are familiar with them. They've seen Superman, they've seen so many Batmans, mm -hmm. um, but it's not it's not exploded to the point where it is now, or 
to the point of the mid 2000s where there was like a big yeah. superhero movie Boom, yeah. set with superhero movie rules right. um, and effects. Like yeah. That, yeah. This movie kind of takes a similar approach to Sixth Sense towards the ghost stuff where it's like, all right, well, let's explore the mythology of, of a superhero. Of a superhero yeah, but, and, but as realistic as possible. Yeah, and let's, let's, let's take those ideas as they exist in comic books, which uh, that's, um, w- w- what was it? That the, the characters, um, the, the villains in the, in the comics are always, you know, like purple and green and mm-hmm. the heroes are in, are in blue and red mm-hmm. and... And like, let's let's explore. The villain is always antithesis to the hero, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, which that ties into Mr. the end Mar- of of Mar- this Mar- movie. Mr. Glass, yes. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Willis gets to take center stage in this. Yeah, it's his movie. It's, it's but his it, movie. he still spends a lot of the time talking to a so child. Yeah. He, his wife is alive. This time. <laughs> he, his wife is alive this time. Um, yeah, so at, it it is a superhero movie where although um, he also gets blown away when. Um, our good friend Samuel L. Jackson into the screen. He's just like, hey, do you mind if I throw up some scenery in this wheelchair? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, again, watching it, it is so obvious that Sam Jackson is playing a supervillain because yeah. look at him. Yep. He's got the leather <laughs> yep. gloves. He's yep. got the, the, the jacket that the basically looks like Magneto's cape. Yep. <laughs> He's but, explaining the rules of the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it's just this madman who um, has had these, this, this thing his entire life. Mm-hmm. And that he drove him crazy. Right. <laughs> and he is so determined to, to, un, to reveal to the world mm-hmm. that superheroes exist. exist yeah. Like, they have to exist. Right. But I'm going to terror... Because, like, in, in, again, in most superhero comic books, mm-hmm. like, why do, when does a hero step up? When some madman does something terrible, and right. they realize I have to use these powers, or that, to reveal that he has powers, exactly. because prior to this, the character in the movie, uh, David Dunn, Bruce Willis's character, you know, he, he doesn't think he's indestructible because, yeah, he's just kind of. And I, I love having Bruce Willis play that character because yeah. it's like Bruce Willis as that action hero who yeah. cannot be killed and yeah. has just. Be- there's this um this article by uh, uh, on I think it was cracked.com where they they've said um Bruce Willis in Die Hard is essentially the version of John McClane in the multiverse that always scrapes by like it, there's countless versions of John McClane that die at every occasion that yes. he, he should have died sure. in Die Hard and this is taking that that um that actor and saying well okay you know you're actually indestructible. Yeah. You didn't know that, but undeniable proof that you're actually indestructible mm-hmm. and you can, you know, be super strong. And um, they, they, for, for people who are, or for me who was, I saw this movie years after having been inundated in I comic books. I watched one there, like, I, I remember, like, I didn't see the Sixth Sense, but he had already grown a mythology around himself. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I gotta see his next movie. Right, yeah. right, right. Well, I, 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 um, I remember watching this, but I watched it after the superhero boom of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And it was so fascinating to, to be like, this is a, a movie in the year 2000 that deals with this stuff. Commenting on things from 10 years from now. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, this is so current, but it came out 20 Before, years ago. Yeah. yeah. You, um, you, know, you know what's a lot like that? Have you ever that? seen Mystery Man? No, I haven't. You should watch Mystery Man. Okay. Mystery Man is... 
uh, comedy about superheroes. Oh, the with um, Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah, yeah. with yeah. Amish Macy, and it's mm. making fun of like the Batman Joel Schumacher movies, right? But like three years before they're <laughs> due, before the, like they called their they called it in advance. Yeah, it's 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 a very fascinating movie. So I think Unbreakable is a movie that um, it it. I mean, I don't remember. I wasn't aware of it at the time because I was uh, four. Um, wasn't probably wasn't allowed to see that, but <laughs> you, it, you shouldn't. Have. In the same way that um, you'd be the child kicking your seat <laughs> of an adult if you watch. Uh, in the same way that you know, watching the twist in in you know the Sixth Sense, uh, and even in this about you know um, Samuel L. Jackson like being the villain in the movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is so interesting to see this movie become as relevant as it is mm. um, from back in the day because like it is making statements about this genre that would be seen as clever and innovative if it was made today, today it is yeah. very very um, ahead of its time I think this movie is so, so um, if I go back to my good friend Quentin Tarantino okay sure he, he has this he has this wonderful um, quote when Pulp Fiction was coming out mm-hmm. where he says, like, listen, I've, I've studied directors and I've studied directors' careers. And if you have a great movie out the gate, mm-hmm. uh, uh, as we all know, all good movies are miracles. Right. But sometimes they're accidents. Mm-hmm. So if you are a great director and you have a great movie out the gate, you're really judged by your second movie. Yeah. Because you're like, was that a fluke that you accidentally made a good movie? Yep. But if you can make two good movies in a row, Hollywood kind of goes like, "Oh, no, no, no! We implicitly trust you. Yep, you know what you're doing. You are you now have carte blanche to do. Yep, your you your want. sophomore effort is, is yeah, yeah, is is, is if, if that's not where better, your report card is. If not, if not is better, better, just as good. Yeah, and so Six Sense, out the gate, literal phenomenon of mm-hmm. a movie, and then Unbreakable come out, it's a fantastic movie as well. Yep. And they're like M Night, whatever you want to do, about. you're solid. You got this. Yeah. We we trust you and. Right after, let, let, let's get into it. Sure. He is like, okay, well, all this good faith I'm going to do. Guess mm-hmm. what? I have, I have now done Ghosts. I've done a superhero movie. Yep. Guess what? Time to do my alien movie. It's aliens. And so aliens, now, bitch. Right? So now this is, you know, Independence Day mm-hmm. and <laughs> Men in Black. And this is yeah. 2002? Uh, two. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is, all, there are all these, you know, alien movies come out. And alien movies at this point now are bombastic. Yeah. And shooting lasers and creatures and ray Yeah, it's not, it's not to the, there's, it's not really playing on, this is something to be afraid of. Afraid of, It's not like Ridley Scott's Alien. Right. Or anything that's like. The, the, it's not a horror monster yeah, at this like, point. It, it is not just an action. It's blaster fun. fodder. Right. You know? Right. It, it, yeah. it becomes very uh, almost militaristic. I want to say. Right. Like, yeah. Right. So it's, it's like yeah, alien, yeah, yeah, alien, yeah, aliens are not to be afraid of. You know. Right. And in science, <laughs> one of the wisest movies ever. Because at this point, you think they would give him whatever budget he wanted mm-hmm. to do whatever big movie, and he goes, "No, no, no, no! I want to make a movie." Yeah. What twenty thirty million dollars? Yeah, and it's basically set on a farmhouse and a cornfield, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring the aliens to this family. Yeah, and we're not going to see any big war and explosions and yada. No, 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 no. I want to see what an actual alien invasion would do to a little family, mm-hmm. and and that is a smart, incredible move. Yep, and science is. Like I want to say, nearly a perfect film. It it, it feels is so 
interesting and it good. feels very claustrophobic yes it feels like all right th- we're we're out here in the openness yeah but we are exposed, exposed. we the 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 enemies are closing in mm-hmm. and we have can't no protection we, we don't even think about it we don't know anything about them yeah we don't know what they want we it don't know very much do. encapsulates what is so scary about an alien presence exactly yeah um like, there's that great um i mean let's talk about them our good friend mel gibson is having a he's a in in sort of a Wow, you call this from early? Just playing a man having an incredible crisis of faith mm-hmm. <laughs> and and weird religious undertones and moments. <laughs> yeah. And then out of nowhere, fresh off of um Gladiator, yeah. my guy Joaquin Phoenix, mm-hmm. one of the actors of our generation. Abigail Breslin as <laughs> well. Abigail Breslin. With, uh, um, young talent. This is pre uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah. one of the Culkins. Is it Rory? Rory, Rory, Rory Rory's Culkin. up there. Rory's up in there, right? Yep. All, everybody given a Slam dunk, great performance. Yep. Like, he once again, okay, I don't think Unbreakable has any, like, oh, wow, I'll remember this scene forever kind of moments. But um, it's, it's, it's a good overall film, but it's not yeah. a movie that plays with, like, oh, wow, this scene is shocking me the way, like, Haley Joel Osment saying, I see dead people. There, yeah. There's not catch it. But, it, and science doesn't have that either. What science has is moments that you're like, I'm never forgetting this. Yeah. Like, there is a moment in science where, uh, it's out in a cornfield. Mm-hmm. It's dark, and Mel Gibson thinks what's happening is one of his asshole neighbors mm-hmm. is frigging with his cornfield, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and his family is convinced, like, no, maybe it's something else. He's like, no, no, I'm gonna prove to you it's some asshole kids from down the road. Yeah, and he goes out there with just a wee flashlight. Yep, and it's just Mel Gibson and Breeze and corn, and you are terrified. Braveheart <laughs> looks terrified. Yes, like yes. he looks like. Yes. I have misjudged things. things. Yes. This is not what I thought it was. Right. There is a, like, you're not even seeing anything. You're literally seeing corn swaying in the wind. Yeah. And you are panicking. And, and there's a moment he dropped, he, he, there's a moment where he, like, something brushes past him. Yeah. And he drops mm-hmm. on the floor and it becomes a little darker. Yeah. And he's fiddling for the flashlight. Mm-hmm. And you're just there, like, racking in your seat. And when he turns on the flashlight, you see a little hint of leg. <laughs> and when yeah. I tell you the audience I watched that with, I was, I'm what, 12, 13 years old. The okay. audience I've watched That's that with. That's a great age to watch yes, this in the theater. Yes, the audience, we are free, we are screaming at the top of our lungs. Yeah. It is like one of the most terrified I've ever seen an audience before. It is incredible. And, and, and that is what led to a lot of the Hitchcock comparisons to M. Right. Night. He was heralded as like, oh, the this guy Hitchcock, knows... The new Spielberg. He knows tension. Yeah. He knows genre. He right. knows... Like, he can mash those two worlds together. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm very glad you said that. Yeah. Because... So, he... So, so now we're going to start dipping into the, the fall of well, M. Night. I just want to say uh, the, the twist of this movie. Uh, the alien's weakness is water. Sure. They come to a planet, 70% water. Okay. So <laughs> everyone says that. Everyone like five years later is like, hmm, that's weird. I got to say it because it just, we got to be mentioned. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. We don't see that it's water that beats them. Okay. We see, we see it is the house of a former pastor mm-hmm. who's been praying and blessing the house. Are you saying it's holy water, Bam? It is not aliens. <laughs> it is demons. I see that. And that flares up. 
clears things up, doesn't it? Uh-huh. They're literally being played by demons. The demons happen to seem what, like what we would think of as aliens. No, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to rewatch it. I'm yep. going to think, all right, I'm watching a demon movie. I'm going to see if that holds up. I think the twist is, and it, it's, not even, it's not even said, like, no, no, they're demons, actually. <laughs> all right. So, I don't know. I mean... It makes me worried for Jordan Peele because Jordan Peele has Ooh, had three great do not movies. Call down. <laughs> That's on my portion. And do not call that out. So after Signs, uh, where he has tackled these different genres right. with such expert aplomb, right. the uh, very next film right. is two years later, The Village. Sure. Now I haven't seen this because I heard it was okay. bad. Okay. I haven't I have seen, seen the, the village. Right. So, the village. so these next two movies, The Village and Lady in the Water, yep. those are going to be your territory a bit. I've not seen Lady in the Water. Okay. Well, we just won't talk about Lady right. in the Water. I right. feel like he doesn't want us to talk about Lady in the Water. I think he doesn't. Okay. But The Village. So, 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 I want to go back to what you said about. So, he's being heralded as the next Spielberg, okay. the next Hitchcock. Yeah. And um, he, I've listened to several interviews with him, and he's just like, all this praise mm-hmm. as a new director is actually getting to him. Yeah. And he's actually full of himself. And he's not uh. checking himself on what he's writing. He's literally like, I have the divine pen. Mm-hmm. Whatever I write is golden. And he's just trying to like one-up himself. And he's not like reeling himself in mm-hmm. and actually trying to make competence. And yeah. he kind of becomes almost a slave to his own twist. Right, it's kind of like because he becomes yeah. the twist guy. Right, right, right. And he's just like, well, people I guess expect all my this. movies have to have a twist. Yeah, that's and why people are going to the theater. Like, all right, right what's that juicy what's twist? Juicy? Right, right, right. Yeah. So now, so he's been heralded as as the Spielberg, the, the Hitchcock, or whatever. But it it's it's it takes this is almost cuts to like years later mm-hmm. where okay he is not a Spielberg. He is he is his own self. Mm-hmm. He is not a Spielberg who makes almost consistently different good movies. Hitchcock who also, he made consistently different movies. Yeah, he's known as the horror guy, but he's he's made every genre. Yeah, really. But what's what Shyamalan is is he is, to my knowledge, the only director who has successfully translated the Twilight Zone. Yep. Okay. So okay. every Twilight Zone, and each one of those movies is kind of a mystery. Mm-hmm. Say for I assume Last Airbender. Um, <laughs> Each one of them is, is kind of a mystery, mm-hmm. and it is playing with audience expectations on certain topics, and it is hitting familiar genres mm-hmm. and doing them in interesting ways, and every Twilight Zone ends with a big twist. Right. I think he, maybe, it, it's never, I don't think it's ever been said out loud, but he is doing the Twilight Zone. Right. He's presenting a specific new story, dealing with something familiar, done in a way you've never seen before, from a very interesting point of view, mm-hmm. with a big twist at the end. That's what he's doing. And much like Twilight Zone, some of them are incredible, some of them are middling, mm-hmm. and some of them are bad. Fair enough. And he's just, he's just, his brain is just cranking out interesting one-topic stories. Yeah. Whether good or bad, you just kind of have to sit with them. But yeah. They're all, but he's doing consistently, this is what he's doing. He's got characters centered around this idea. It's yeah. like everything is just one and done. This is basically like, yeah. as you said, this I'm is not, an I'm episode. I'm not built into any crescendo yeah i'm just like 
this is what I got. Yeah, it's like, what about this? What if this was a thing? Yes. And then that's the movie, and he's, then you watch it. He's almost like the Stephen King. Of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just, he's just cr- like he's cranking out a lot. Yeah, some of it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Some of it is like, bro, what? <laughs> and like, yeah, but and some of it is, is like, oh, why did you write like you know like? So when you get to the lady in the water, that's mm-hmm. like when Stephen King wrote Dreamcatcher. Uh-huh. Everyone is just like, what is this garbage <laughs> you wrote? You're better than this, Stephen. Yeah, but in Stephen King's head, he's just like, no, nah, just that was right. Yeah, <laughs> you know and. I'm gonna have another movie. Like, look, I have some ideas. Um, this one, this is how this movie ends. Yeah. This is just that I can't control how the ideas yeah. work. Like, yeah, it, it is literally like you know you're being. It, it is the divine pain you're just writing, and maybe some of it's good. There are good scriptures and there are bad yeah, scriptures, like, guys. He, I don't know what to tell he's you. written the movie, and he's like, all right, so um, I worked on this for a while, and I know you guys put a lot of money behind this, but mm-hmm. here's the movie. All right, this is kind of shit. Yeah, well, that's just how it works. All right, well, how about... You know, and that's kind of how you work. Yeah, right? you press the button, sometimes yeah. it comes out bad. I, I think his, his, his also his godsend is that his movies aren't really expensive. Yeah. Uh, except for, again, except for Airbender. They're not really expensive. Like, he doesn't need more than $30 million yeah. to make a movie. He's not losing any studio, you know, the thing. So, I think I think we can hardly skip over this point in his career. Yeah. But the reason he had a fall... Oh, no, no. I got to talk a little bit about The Happening. You want about... All yours, buddy. Okay. All yours, pal. Go You've ahead. never seen The Happening? I, I... For my own personal mental health, I've skipped over. Okay. <laughs> all right. But like... Because I love Sixth Sense and Science so much. And I watched The Village and I was just like, oh, no. I feel so, the force buckling and I got off. Tell me a little bit because I, I know a little bit about The Village. Yeah. Mostly I have heard that it is bad and just have avoided it. Okay. What is it about the vi- and I don't care if you spoil it or not. Sure. What okay. is it about the village that sucks? <laughs> okay. So 80% of the village is a great movie. Uh-huh. It's the first time that the twist sucks. Okay. Okay. Does it ret- retroactively make the movie worse? So the movie is, is kind of like a weird village drama and uh-huh. it's, it, it's it's so it, it is it's seemingly about a group of people in like their early 18th 17th century days right mm-hmm. and they're all living in this village and they're panicking because like this monster is like eating things mm-hmm. right and so you're seeing it kind of takes place from deaf or blind it, it, it takes place from from you're meeting all these very interesting characters, right? Uh, but it mostly takes place from like this this um this blind girl's perspective. So it's already it's very interesting. Um, so it, it's it's really hard to like develop a plot other than they are worried about these creatures, right? What messes up is that it, it it's kind of going along, but there, it's not like hitting as hard as the other ones going. Mm-hmm. And your brain, you're and you're kind of like. Well, what's the twist that's gonna save this whole thing? Because mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of like a it's, it's kind of like a, an interesting C minus kind of a movie that you think is gonna flip on its head. Mm-hmm. Twist is it's not the sixth, it's not the seventeenth eighteenth century. Right. This is just a group of people who many years ago decided to move to some extremely remote part of america right and set up a village mm-hmm. themselves and just live out and had children and raise them to think that right it is this okay um, so it's a cult it's, it's a cult mm-hmm. um so at one point like a plane <laughs> goes by and they're like what is and the village elders are like no no it's some demon or, mm-hmm. you know so so lots of things 
that would eventually frig up this lie is yeah. happening. And you just it just turns out that the elders use this monster to kind of scare the children from leaving. I see. Right? Okay. okay. It's, it's just literally a boogeyman day to make sure the kids never leave. Right. And it just starts collapsing in and itself because it just builds up and it's not it's it's interesting yeah but it's doesn't really assist so the is there so is there a moment where like a character comes to that realization or is it just like it's revealed to the audience it's and revealed then it's to done? The audience, yeah. okay so that nobody gets to do anything with that information then it, like, I, I haven't I haven't seen it since it came out. I, okay. just, remember, I just remember like which is oh, two thousand four, so yeah. it's been a while. I was just like, oh, okay. And yeah, it just doesn't. It just doesn't really hold up. All right. Well, I'm gonna talk to you about the happening um, for sure. a bit. Marky, um, Marky Mark, let's let's do it. Oh man. Um, I mean, it's just. I think this was actually the first M Night movie I saw. <laughs> Terrible start. Man. Um, because it it is uh, people around the world are just. Uh, randomly committing suicide. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because, they, because of plants. I, yeah. I, I know the gist. I've never seen it. Man, it's just... And the thing about it is... Some... It's literally... I feel like he made this movie as a fuck you. Because I think he might have... By all interview and accounts, yeah. he was trying to make an intentionally bad B movie from the 50s. Well, it... it that was his explanation. It feels... Because even the f- the title feels lazy. It's yeah. like the occurrence. Like, yes, that has... Something has to happen in a movie. Yeah. Have you ever seen any horror movie from the 1950s? Yeah. There, one of my favorite movies is called The Thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. was a remake of an old movie from the 1950s. Yeah, the 50-foot... Um, something. Woman. Woman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one, so, one movie is just called Them. It's about <laughs> giant ants. Yeah, so I guess from that perspective, I can see it. But like, it's 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 just something happens and then it doesn't anymore. Right. And it's the most deflated movie right. I've ever seen. And the only saving grace is, I guess, it's kind of like a commentary on just how people respond to a crisis. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's a scene where. Um, Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel, and they've got these two kids. Mark Wahlberg should not be cast in anything where he's not playing a criminal or a cop. That's I okay. Think yeah. Thing. Any Mark Wahlberg movie where he's playing some wise ass Bostonian, yeah. you're like, this is kind of okay. Yeah. But any movie where he's just like, not that, like yeah. Planet of the Apes, where I'm supposed to buy yeah, that yeah, Mark yeah. Wahlberg is an astronaut, yeah. does not work. <laughs> well, in, in the movie, they're basically just trying to escape whatever is happening. There's not really an understanding of what it is. Um, nor is there by the end of the movie. I sure. mean, yes, it is plants, but it's like, why did the plants do this? Nobody really knows. It's no just, free. okay, it's not happening anymore. No Let's just live life. Yeah. Um, and they, there's a point where they end up um, in this old lady's house and she wakes up in the middle of the night. First, when they first meet her, she's kindly old lady. Mm-hmm. And then later on, she wakes up and, and she's like, you're going to kill me in my sleep. And, and she's holding up a knife to them. And, and Mark Wahlberg is like, Hey, we're not trying to do that. We're 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 just you know mm-hmm. we're just trying to and survive. Kind of like Mark hey, hey, man, we're okay. Right. We're, we're good. We're friends. Uh-huh. You don't have to hold a knife up to me, man. Uh-huh. And and that, stop, stop expositing, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> um, that I think is before the scene where he pleads to a plant to spare. Because um, at this point, he has figured out that there's a connection with people killing themselves and plant life. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking to a plant, asking the plant to please protect him and his loved ones. Now, you're saying Mark Wahlberg is not a good enough actor to properly portray the scene that he's 
Absolutely not. Like, would it work with a really good actor? You think? If it was Robert Redford, I think it would work. <laughs> you think Robert Redford? <laughs> I think Robert okay. Redford could could sell okay. Okay. pleading to a plan. Okay. Um, I mean, I saw Clint Eastwood argue with a chair in real life. Sure. I think that could work if he was talking to a plant. Like sure. if if Clint Eastwood was saying to a plant. Um, Ask yourself, do yeah, I feel you, lucky? You don't see Daniel Day-Lewis take a swing at the happening? <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. I want to see that. But uh, not Mark Wahlberg. He, 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 he's not... Again, he shouldn't be in, like, picky lane, bro. I'm sorry. I mean, he's not, not necessarily good, good talking to people. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily... I don't want to see him talking to a plant. And then it, the, the, the... I mean, that is such a, a scene which I feel like must have been intended as a joke. And it was it does, because... But it did not work. Well, it ends with the reveal that it's a fake plant. So he's not even... T- this, this ridiculously stupid thing that he's doing is completely futile, which I feel like is... That is the scene which encapsulates M. Night saying, there's nothing here. I'm right. making this as just as a goof to you right. fucking people. He's trolling. Oh, he's trolling. my last two movies sucked well. Gosh. Your cup's about to run it over. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um... But, you know, outside of that hilarious scene, it's just a bunch of nothing. And then he follows that up with the last airbender. And I don't understand. Like, they're trying to do right by it now. They've got, they've got Netflix has mm-hmm. got a live action thing going with that. And hopefully that's good. Um, but Last Airbender was that series that was groundbreaking yeah, for a, a when it came out. popular show, one could say. Very popular. Um, and it had, you know... Uh, militaristic themes. It, it dealt with, um, you know, violence in a way that most kids shows Children didn't. Not, yep. um, it had uh, the character contemplating the ramifications of taking a life. Right. You know, it's it's very and my good friend Zuko. <laughs> yeah, Last Airbender is kind of just the first season of the show, but done really badly. Right. Uh, and it feels like you shouldn't give the show, which is entrenched in these hugely um, um, you know, interesting and visually appealing action scenes mm-hmm. where they are literally using the elements mm-hmm. in you know, combat. Mm-hmm. Don't give the director who is known for making... Light, quiet dramas. Light, quiet dramas with low budgets. Yeah. Like, why are you giving him that movie? So, so okay, I've never seen The Last Airbender. Yeah. And neither will. Seen the show, great, mm-hmm. love it. <laughs> but um, so, but I have listened to podcasts and explanations as to why it happened. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing: is it just because he's Indian and they needed an an Asian? No, kind kind of no. Mm-hmm. So, M Night, he's raising his kids. Yep, his kids are watching Last Airbender on Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. They love it. Mm-hmm. They're like, Dad, the show is the best. Like, do you think you could do this? Mm-hmm. So he goes to whatever studio and just like, hey, I would really love to make this movie for mm-hmm. my kids, right? And it's like, it has Asian characters. Yeah. You know, it's the biggest show on TV right now. Yeah. And on kids' TV right now, I have to do this. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing he runs into the problem of his last three movies, Lady in the Water, which we're not going to speak about because mm-hmm. I've never I've known nothing about it. Yeah. And no, nobody does, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Lady in the Water happening and um, Village, which was, you know, made money, but it was kind of like cracking a glass. And right. 
cracking the glass. <laughs> um, yeah, right. So basically, he goes there and he's just like, "Well, guys, like I, I want to do this and I want to, you know, double, triple the budget that I re- that I recently gotten." Yeah. Now, studio execs, although he's made some fun, phenomenal movies for them, is just like, you know what, M Night, we don't really trust you right. anymore. We're gonna give you this, but for the first time ever. There's a big old stack of notes mm-hmm. that we want that if we're going to, you know, put in the budget for this, here's what we want you to do. And for the first time, he's like hindered as a director. Right. Because I'm sorry to say your last three movies were not, you know, great. Yeah. Right. So now they've really hindered him. So now he still wants to make the movie and he thinks like, okay, I can push through all these studio notes. Mm-hmm. The very first studio notes, this is no bullshit. The very first studio note is from the guy who's main financer of this. Mm-hmm. My little niece wants to be in movies. One of the main characters has to be played by my little niece. Mm. So right off the bat. Yeah. Bad um, start. Right off the bat, he has to cast a white person yeah. as, as an Inuit. Yeah. Right off the bat. And then that... No, that, no, no question. But there. also that person has a sibling. Yes. So that person's got to... No, has to be white. <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. And then by that point, might as well. Yes. Let's get that main character. He looks white. Right. Yeah. Right. So then, and then also he's just like, well, I'd like to cast Asians. Yeah. And once again, they're like, no, mm-hmm. white people, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's like, Japanese people are like, no, not really. Um, and, and then boy, he's just like, I need Indian people. Like, he's feeling bad. No, yeah. <laughs> this is all pre-production, right? He's yeah. feeling bad. No. And so then he turns the Indians into so the he villains. He turns the Indians into the villains. Mm. So now everything is crumbling around him, yeah. but he's also signed on to do this movie. Yep. So he's literally... And the intention was clear for this to be more than one. Yes. Like this is the first book of the series. And right. Yeah. But also another, on top of all that bullshit, yeah. he's a guy who he is a very quick in and out. All these movies are like 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. He's very like, just to the point, my characters heavily ex- exposize everything. There's no, like, I just get to the point so I can get to my end. Yeah. He wants to make this like a quick 90-minute movie. But yep. it should be like a two-hour Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Right? And he just doesn't know how to do that as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So he's running into all these problems. And we just all watched the train smash into the station. It also didn't help that this was right off the heels of Avatar coming out. And every movie, that every major movie had to be in 3D. Yes. And yeah, the, yes, movie, yes, that's also the movie looks bad yep. on a 4K, I yep. mean, you know, big bright TV screen. Right. But if you have on the 3D glasses, looks worse this, there were so many movies that came out in that period where there was no awareness of a just like James Cameron knew how to do that to make sure that when you <laughs> yes. put on the glasses, yes. it didn't make the movie look like it was modeled. Yes. Right. He spent a decade figuring out. Right. The best Last Airbend, like they, this was when every movie was just made 3D in post production. Talking about our good friend Wrath of the Titans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so yeah, uh, several the most problems he's ever encountered as a creator. Yeah. Came up during this movie, and yeah. it just happened to be. Him, you know, adapting one of the most and, beloved. Yeah, yeah, and there's no, and <laughs> it was a, a huge so, so, disappointment. Yeah, so, so I think um, if people were mad at him before mm-hmm. for, for the past two bad movies, yeah, like he is just he has been enemy number one for a long time. So now he's become this clear butter the joke. Mm-hmm. At this point, definitely. Yeah. Still to this day, yeah. like like even um, the goodwill has not been earned back. Just no, yet. but here's the thing. I'm very interested in seeing him climb back to the top. 
Are we going to talk I about After he... Earth, or are we just going to... Uh, that is a movie that Will Smith forced him to do. No further notes. Yeah. Literally, I... literally that was... These two movies are his I Need a Paycheck movie. Will Smith and uh, just, like, he wanted to hang out with his son a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Pursuit that, of Happiness that, is great, man. That right. was all of yeah, the... Yeah, but that's Will Smith doing the heavy lifting. Right. Oh, so he wanted to give his son a little bit more, like... He, After Earth is literally, literally a vanity project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Will Smith wrote it. I think it's his only screenwriting credit. And you can see why Will Smith needs other writers. Mm-hmm. Because the main character is called Cypher Rage. Mm. Which, boy, not even StarCraft... 1999-98 video game would stoop so low as to name a character that Cypher right? Rage. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's a vanity project. Yeah. Whatevs. You know, he, he wants he wants to force his son to become a movie star. Mm-hmm. Jaden wants to like sit down and make vaguely interesting music with his friends. <laughs> you know? Like that's what Jaden wants to do. Yeah. And you can tell he's being forced. To but that. then I think we see So then and then M Night gets dragged along yeah. because the studio basically forces him to make this. So right after that I think this is where we see a bit of a the you know, this is the come up. This is right. where we're getting back into the classic. Right. So so yeah, but so like I, I watched old the other day. Uh-huh. That, that's kinda why we were randomly doing this episode on MH on. Yes. I watched old and even then, I was just like, it's been on my HBO, <laughs> like, watch mm-hmm. this. And I was like, for like a month, for like two months now, I was like, I keep on telling my girl, like, we should watch old. And she's mm-hmm. like, mm, no, M. Night. Right? So, so to this day, she, she's rightfully like, he's burnt me too much in the past. Mm-hmm. She watched Airbender, one of her favorite shows ever. Yeah. And she's just like, what this man did is unforgivable. But old feels like that thing that we were talking about with the earlier films where it's just, Here's an idea. Here's an Let's idea. explore it what the idea the is. It's the most Twilight Zone yeah. thing. It's just, here's a weird situation, and here's a bunch of characters thrown in, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to take my premise, and I'm just going to... Let's throw some characters throw in there. Let's see how this goes. Let's yeah. just see where this takes us. It's, yeah. it's, it's weird and messy, mm-hmm. but also like, no fucking thing has ever done this before. Right. <laughs> like, nobody is doing this. Nobody is just... Throwing a weird movie at you, yeah, with no no need for previous build up or anything, yeah, um, yeah. So like the come up, mm-hmm. um, the the so the right after After Earth uh, gets the the visit, yeah. Um, so, so he takes a long hiatus, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like, I need to sort my shit out. So so Airbender was twenty ten, yeah. After Earth was twenty thirteen, right? So there there's some time between those projects, right? And you know. Collect your money, your paycheck, whatever. I, yeah. I, f- I feel like after he, Airbender was a bit of... He, he takes two years to sort himself out. Yeah, and then after Earth, you know, he does that and then visit. This is... This was like... It so had been... our good friend's Blumhouse, by the way. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Um, but it felt like, you know, there's been some time. Um, there's, there's been a stream of bullshit. Yeah. Um, the visit, okay, vague title it's it's like the happening but more Most specific people didn't even know it was m night yeah i remember yeah. it was a sub because it, all right the, the his plus, name doesn't sh- doesn't appear until like the credit end credits didn't he do devil that movie uh, in the elevator it. yeah okay okay but the visit is it's a fairly simple plot these two kids are visiting their grandparents, grandparents. and then it turns out that things are not what yeah, they their grandparents thought. their grandparents who they've never met they're like Six and seven. Yeah, they're meeting their grandparents who they'd never met. Mm-hmm. They, they, in some, I forgot the reason why, but their mom basically has to drop them off. Yeah, while she goes on like a cruise ship. Yeah, for a week, and she just drops them off, 
And she's like, I don't have time to sit them. I gotta go hush. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> and she leaves it's, them. It, it's kind of taken uh, back to his, his roots, roots a bit. Yeah, you yeah. know, you got the child actors, you've got yep. this concept. Yep. And I'm even looking at the, the poster here, right? And I'm noticing a trend here. So uh, you've got Sixth Sense, um, which, which shows you, you know, the, the six senses. Mm-hmm. Um, then if you look at the poster for the village, there's rules for the village. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, I think it says let the the bad color not be seen, and then there's a two other rules after that, mm. and then um, in in um, the the visit, visit, yeah, 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 don't um, right the, on the post I'm seeing. Have a great time, eat as much as you want, and uh, don't leave. Don't ever leave your room after nine thirty p.m. <laughs> so it's like as we were talking about with six cents, like this. There's so, there's an interest in great what is going on. By the way, guys, look up the visit post on yeah. maybe It's a great post. Yeah, it is. It is. It 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 because it uh, just to describe it a bit. It's like um it's like grandmother's, grandmother's yeah, etching yeah. yeah embroidery and mm-hmm. and then there's some, just some bloody fingerprints on the on the edge there. Um, but yeah, just like here's a concept and there are rules to this concept. Yeah. We're gonna tell you how this plays out throughout the movie, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be so intrigued by the concepts, you might miss a few things. Yeah. And you know, there'll be a so a, a reveal of, of sorts, I assume. I haven't actually seen this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's I, I, I don't want to spoil it. It's yep. I feel it's one of those movies where like people probably watch it and didn't realize it was him, mm-hmm. but like everyone was like, Well, this is good actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a bunch of kids. They meet their grandparents for the first time, and the grandparents get weirder and weirder. Yeah, and that's all I'll say. That is okay. Well, um, I appreciate that because I'm, you know, this this conversation Please is making. Watch it. Please watch it. Please I'm think I'm gonna mainline some M Night, man. Yeah. I'm gonna go through Hell the bad yeah. ones too, because um, I don't believe my my wife is not a big horror fan. She does not like to be scared. Um, but uh, I think I think it's high time that she got to know this man. Uh, the visit isn't scary. It's mm-hmm. spooky. That's fine. That's good for me. Um, but right after the visit uh, is the movie Split. Hell yeah. All the part. He's just like, oh, is M. Night making bangers again? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so James McAvoy, um, the reason to see the movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is like literally criminal. The, the Academy Awards didn't even like... No, we should get this guy. Yeah, <laughs> literally criminal. So, um, and he's a guy with um, dissociative identity disorder, and it manifests in very violent ways. Yeah. Um. Now, that's the one thing I will say about the movie that I, I kind of because when it came out, there was uh, a community of people that were like, "We are kind of tired yeah, of seen, our affliction being, being portrayed, portrayed as, as a evil, as this evil." Yeah. Because it's not that when you have dissociative... And it, this is very common in portrayals of the... Mental illness. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know... who does not know what this portray mental Yeah, illness. like Halloween. You know, it's yeah. like the, 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 those who have mental illness or those who have uh, mental afflictions, they are destined to be the monsters and, right. and demonized. And, and movies like this kind of proliferate, proliferate that. Mm-hmm. Um, same time, yeah, Mac, McAvoy is doing great. Yeah. Like he's 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 um he's a uh, playing six characters he's perfectly a, a child <laughs> yeah um he's a old woman uptown old woman yeah um he's uh kind of like a New a, Yorker yeah like a brawler kind of yeah. like um and it's just about this guy who uh has kidnaps three girls yeah he's developed this this um personality th- these personalities as a way of coping with his trauma which is uh, how a lot of um DID uh persons tend to manifest it it's it, it's a really it's in connection to something that happened and yeah. it's 
these altars that you develop mm -hmm. are are to protect your psyche from right. right. But the the, the to, not even the twist, but the plot of the movie is all these identities mm -hmm. who James McAvoy is playing all of them perfectly. Uh, they eventually kidnap these three girls. Yeah. And these three girls, as they are confined to this space that they are kept in, realize that, and interact with all the personalities, realize that they are all actually afraid of a new personality that is developing. Right. So Called um, the, beast the Beast in the movie. So all the personalities are like, no, no, we have to keep you here. We have to, because we don't want to get on the bad side of this personality that seems to be developing. Yeah, and you're thinking, all right, well, this is just a really violent guy. Yeah. But... There's there's subtle hints that maybe something more than human is happening here, yes. and then in the finale of the film, mm -hmm. shit goes fucking bonkers. Mm -hmm. the, this James McAvoy, he's like basically bulletproof. Right, he's developing uncanny strength. He he can climb up on walls bars, and shit. Yep. Um, and then we get into the twist of this movie, yep. where this is yep. a sequel to Let's Take It On Home, guys. Unbreakable. Hell yeah. The, I don't know if you saw that twist coming for this podcast. The twist of Split. A movie you should watch, and I'm, it sucks that I'm so honest if you haven't seen it. That's fine. But the twist of that movie is, the whole time they're like, the, the news after finding out the story, just like, yeah. this, this, this person developed some sort of strength and, and courage, and they're all like perplexed by it. And, and as the cuts, audience member, you're perplexed. You're just like, why is he able to do this? Right. Like, I thought this was just in his mind. Right. Like, why can he yeah. do this stuff? Why is he doing this? Yeah. And then... And then it, we cut to the survival at like a diner, sitting down watching the news, mm -hmm. watching this. And she goes, uh, and she's just like, hmm, that's strange. And then the camera pans, and Bruce, motherfucking Willie. With his little green hoodie. His little green hoodie. <laughs> Sipping some tea, just like, hmm. Dressed as his character from Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. She's just like, well, you know, these things happen sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, and it just, boom, cut, directed yep. by M. Night Shalaman. Yeah. And you're like, I beg your pardon. Bravo. <laughs> right? Tip my hat. You're like, what just happened? Yeah. And I'm so happy that I had actually seen Unbreakable before yeah, this. Exactly. Otherwise, I would have been like, the fuck is this? Yeah. I don't understand and this. And there's like 16 years. 16 between years between, so like, between Unbreakable. Goodly, yes, there are several people who are watching this movie yeah. completely. Like, why would you know? <laughs> why would yeah. you know? No, watch absolutely not. And, and Unbreakable, you know, it was good and it's, it's highly regarded, but it's not like Sixth Sense or it's not like Signs yeah, yeah. where I would have heard about it as an M. Night Child. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't play back on TV a lot. No, way, no, exactly. Things, yeah. um, and then right after that, he follows it up with Glass, which is the... Um, end of the trilogy. The, 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 trilogy. Yeah, the end of the Unbreakable trilogy, um, which, yeah, that's the... I feel like that is the... the Twist end, not ending, because his career is still ongoing. But mm. that is the twist of his career to say, like, oh, I'm, I'm not done with this story. I'm bringing it back. Yeah. Um. So you got uh James McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Sam, Sam Jackson all in the same movie. Um, Anna Taylor Joy comes back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From um, from Split. Uh, from Split. She's a survivor from Split. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you've it, it's it's a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, where you know you've got your Almost villain. a superhero movie that happens to be confined to like a psychiatric ward. Yeah. Um, and and it's like these these characters are being analyzed um, as if they're just people having delusions. Yeah, um, they're being analyzed by my favorite female character actor, mm -hmm. um, Sarah Paulson yeah. from American Horror Story. Yeah, like like when I saw the trailer for Glass, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I saw Sarah Paulson, I'm like, Sarah Paulson is in this world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta see this now. 
Yeah, and um, it's I, I I mean it's I think it's satisfying just as um, you know someone who is interested in the, that story of Unbreakable to see those characters again. Yeah, it's to see like catharsis. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of his most fan servicey movie. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, and it is the most M Night Shyamalan movie. I, I I don't know how to discuss that or spoil that, but yeah. like if you've seen all of his films and then you see Glass, you're like, oh, he is galaxy brain in himself but in a way that's good and interesting yeah again um and then yeah so he he followed that up with old uh which you were just talking about and yeah. um yeah i don't know he's got strong ish footing now i would say he's back on his good foot okay. i think he definitely built up a lot of like goodwill with you know that that turn in split which was so well received and yeah. then to go from that and not to lose that momentum, go straight into glass. Yeah. And then to follow that up with a a classic new concept idea, yeah. you know, with, with he's old... He's not up his own... He's not up his own ass, ass again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, as people inflated his ego. Yeah. Like, like he's, he is an artist in a true world. Like, whatever society is affecting with him is what he's going to reflect back in his work. Yeah. Whether good or bad, he's, he's a true artist in that way. Yeah. And now that he's kind of had his reflection and mourning period... Yeah. He's just like, okay, well, I think I've honed back my skills, mm-hmm. and I want to like get back in that saddle. Yeah, yeah. And and once again, let me reiterate, he's not Spielberg, he's not Hitchcock, he's not he's Shyamalan. Yeah. What Shyamalan is is the gentleman. He's he's the Rod Serling of <laughs> of the Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah, but that's what he is. He, yeah, is, yeah. he has successfully found a way to create these little mini. Pocket universe stories mm-hmm. and create a great mystery. Yeah, within them. And then, and then the to to take that identity and to do split and glass and to be like, okay, well, I have convinced you that these are all individuals. Ha ha! I'm gonna connect a few of them right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that was a that was a good turn. And also, it was just taking it back to a story. I felt like he, you know, he knew that that was back in the day when he was. Riding high, mm-hmm. um, and then to do old after that to to go back to the basics of the, having a concept, and then his next movie is um, it's written by himself mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Michael Sherman and Steve Desmond. I'm not sure, I'm not familiar with their names, but he's directing it. It stars Rupert Grint, uh, Dave, Dave Bautista, Bautista, Jonathan Groff, um, which I I know him from. Well, he he was the new Agent Smith in mm-hmm. the new Matrix movie. Mm-hmm. He was in um, the Mind Hunter. It was great in that incredible show, Mind Hunter. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, the the plot synopsis is: While vacationing, a girl and her parents are taken hostage by armed strangers yes. who demand that the family make a choice to avert the apocalypse. apocalypse. Um, so yeah, and it's called Knock at the Cabin, which sounds like an M Night Shyamalan movie. It's just Pretty like here's a concept. Yep. There's a knock at the cabin. Yep. What's that about? Comes I'm sure out. The f- twist will be. Very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I'm I am very excited to see a Dave Bautista directed Light, Light by M. Night. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that comes out February third. Um, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, we should just revisit this conversation around after we've seen that, just to yeah. be like, let's. Oh, let's... by the way, we, we both agree Dave Bautista is the best actor out of the WWE, right? We, we all agree. I mean, what what else is there? There's John Cena, Dwayne Johnson, Hulk Hogan, Hulk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, what, because he's, he's, he, his, I mean, we could do a whole episode on him. I would love to do that, but sure. he's like, he's the promise Put of on what, the calendar, my guy. <laughs> but like when you look at, um, 
Dwayne Johnson, we talked about this in the first episode, like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, well, you could do so many great things. Yeah. Dave Bautista's doing do it. Thing, yeah. yeah, like he's... Dave Bautista's like, oh no, I am a character actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a movie star. And, and one, I respect that. one that has a physicality that he can use. Yeah. So, so he's doing Bond. He's doing Blade Runner. Blade Runner. He's doing uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Right. You know, at the he same... He can be silly and goofy in Guardians. Yeah. And then he can be the most intimidating person on earth in Blade Runner. Yeah. Um, with, with, his, with his little big glasses. man with tiny glasses. Yes. And you're like... This big man will kill. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's M. Night Shyamalan. Um, as you said, artist unto himself. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, probably nothing, nothing, nothing lost his respect, way a bit. Nothing more respect for him. Um, even in, even it's, it's, it's great to see an artist fall and rise. It's, yeah, it's yeah. It's an incredible I'd, thing. When, when you see an artist make a piece of shit, it's like, all right, well, I've never seen a piece of shit like this before. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I think that's all she wrote. It's, it's a shorter episode this week. You know, you you got if if you want longer, much like an M Night Shyamalan movie, <laughs> <laughs> quick in and out. <laughs> All right, um, thanks so much for listening. Uh, if Twitter is still around at this point, you can sure. follow me at Dami Movies, D A M I Movies, and you can follow Bam at Flat Bami. Flat Bami, and uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you're listening to it right now, I imagine you found it somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's also on Google Podcasts and um, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Uh, so thank you very much for listening, Bam. Thank you for joining me once again. Sure thing, man. And um, yeah, I, I, I think I'm going to go and watch some of those M. Night movies right before we get into the, uh, the holiday period where we're going to be talking a lot about uh, Christmas movies. Yeah. I think that's all right. Did we see that? All right. So kind of forever M. Night. So yeah, we're going to do Christmas movies next week. Next yeah. week, guys. Next week, we're going to talk your, about... Get your hot cocoa, uh, cuddle up to your significant other. Get your, get your elf. Yeah. Get your jingle the all the way. Get your the holiday. Yeah. Uh, the, the Lindsay Lohan isn't, even has some terrible Netflix movie coming out. I can't wait to see it. I'm going to watch that. Can't wait yeah. to see it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm, might do a whole bit next week. On Hallmark? On Hallmark. That's all you, man. That's <laughs> fine. Because... Man, there is I, nothing... I, I respect it as an industry that hires actors. I mean, but nothing there's nothing better than just watching a big city girl get stranded sure. in a small town sure. with some himbo right. with no career prospect right. and leaving behind her fiancé uh-huh. because really what she wants uh-huh. is to just bake cookies uh-huh. <laughs> in, a, in a store that may or may not be owned by the real Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, Hallmark, I love you. All right. Thanks very much. See you later.